Amen. So we see Peter now uh, for the second time just kind of really getting stern. He's, he's uh, rebuking. He's pointing people to the truth. Um, we talked about that a few weeks ago. Take time to uh, point people to Jesus. Take your time and your opportunity to, to navigate and direct people to the good news of, of Jesus Christ. And we come here to an interesting passage, and, and we're going to read the rest of chapter 3. The first 10 verses is, is really the story. And what's interesting about the Acts of the Apostles is a lot of our sermons are going to be on sermons. So they're self-explanatory already, but we're diving into the meaning and the importance of these passages and what was going on and why it's important and why it applies to us even today. So there's a few interesting things to note just in, in the story before we dive into the main point and to the rest of the text. You see that, that Peter and John were, were still following the, the proper way of worship at that time. They were going um, at the hour of prayer. There were about three times that you'd go to the temple. This would have been about uh, 3 p.m. in the day, which is important to note because in chapter 4 you would understand that there's a separation between this time and then when they actually get a trial uh, at 3 p.m., it would have been too late in the day to get a trial. They would have just booked you up, just kind of like what we see today. And you don't get any trial until the next day. Important to note. The man laid, um, who laid at the gate, who was lame, means he couldn't walk. He had a physical ailment. Uh, from birth, we find out that he's 40 uh, later on. So these are details that matter and are significant as we look at God's Word. Moving from verse 11 to 26. But as we look at this passage this morning, I want us to see this main point of close but no cigar. And what, what I mean by this is, is what Peter is doing is he's directing the Jews to the deity and the gospel and the power of the gospel of Jesus. The same ones who put Jesus on the cross, Peter's taking the moment to point them back to Jesus. That not all hope is lost, that they could still repent and believe and confess faith in Jesus Christ. And we today have people who profess faith in this, this message, right, this book, while denying the power of the gospel, while denying the truth of the gospel, while denying the deity of Jesus. And we need to speak up to these things by saying, you're close, but as long as you continue to deny these truths, you will forever remain separated from God. And that's a tough and difficult message, not just to receive, right? But it's a difficult message to go and to tell people. But we, as people of the message, being messengers, ambassadors of Jesus, we should be faithful to this message. And let people know you're close. And no cigar. So what we need to drive home for folks is the power, deity, and purpose of Jesus. Three points for us this morning. The power, the deity, and the purpose of Jesus Christ our Lord. Start with point number one, power. Pick up in, in verse 11 if you're with me. Again, it's not on the screen, so I urge you if you haven't already, open up your Bible, open up your Bible app, whatever it might be. Verse 11. While he clung to Peter and John, the, the man... All the people, utterly astounded, ran together with them in the portico called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power of piety we have made him walk? 
The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servant, Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and killed the author, and you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses and by in his name, by faith in his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know, and the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. So he begins to address the very thing that they saw with their own eyes, and he's teaching them about the power of the gospel, the power of Jesus, and power through the name of Jesus. It was always about Jesus, even in the Old Testament prophecies, always pointed to Jesus. The power always rested in Jesus. And the thing that they're seeing is because the, the Spirit has been poured out, that Jesus, we talked about back in Acts chapter 1, that the gospel continues. And they're seeing that play out before their very eyes. They've gotten rid of Jesus, He's gone. But His Spirit's with His people, and the gospel is continuing. These miracles are continuing as a sign of his mighty works, to point people to himself, not to them. So this man in his 40s, 40 years old, unable to walk from birth, receives this miracle from God. And it says all the people recognized him. They knew him. So part of, part of the worship in, in Jewish customs would have been uh, giving of alms, right? The alms. And that would be giving to the needy, giving back of some kind. So there's no better place to be like, hey, can you take me there where they're going to worship and they're going to need to give back to people? I, I count it to the modern day, uh, would you like to round up to the nearest dollar for you know, this children's hospital, right? A lot of us are smiling. We're like, well, I always say no. As convenient as it is, we're like, mm, no. But that's what it would have been like there for him to be outside of the temple of the beautiful gate, which is the gate that was used mostly, Asking for alms, asking for these favors, right? Could you imagine walking outside of New Hill right now and someone's sitting there and they're like, could, could you spare some change? Especially with witnesses around us. Um, here's my debit card, right? The whole church is watching, so I'm going to do So this is where he is. This is where he's at. And they see this man, and instead of being excited, some were amazed, and what we see typically with this gospel message is there's a divide. Even today we see this. It says there in verse 10, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. While he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together uh, to them in the portico called Solomon's. And there's this divide. And where you think you'd be like happy, for one, this man who could never walk is now leaping, right? He's gone, he skipped baby deer stage where, you know, have you ever seen a baby deer and they get the wobbly legs? It said, immediately made strong and he goes about walking and leaping and not just that, but praising God, recognizing where this power came from. The man himself knew it wasn't about Peter or John. So something we should all celebrate would be someone who goes from not being able to walk to being able to walk. Secondly, this man would no longer have to ask for favors or the basic needs. He could get up and work the ground himself. Something to be happy about. And they're astounded. Utterly astounded. Now what's happening here is it's teaching us something more than the physical healings, which a lot of us can, can tend to be drawn to, right? 
And it's so awesome to see when someone's healed. If you hear stories of missionaries overseas, you see some instances in the United States where someone is literally healed. You can talk to Pastor Simon about a dear friend of his and, and just being prayed over and, and this, this disease leaving his body. And we're so drawn to those, and then we neglect the most important healing of all, and that's our spiritual healing. Our dead, wretched souls being refreshed by the good news of Jesus Christ. And we, we get so fixated on these things because those are the things that, that we want to see, right? We want to see people live long here and now and never die. But what we need to understand is that all in this earth and this depraved and fallen world will come to pass. It will die and pass away. And Jesus will return and restore all things where there will be no more brokenness, no more death, and no more sin. That's good news. But as long as we focus on the physical healings and not the eternal healings, we're missing the message and the power of the gospel. I'm going to turn to 1 Peter 2.24. I believe it should be on the screen. This is weird, turning pages with one hand. I'm just going to turn around. It's going to be much easier. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been what, church? Healed. By believing in Jesus, his righteousness has been imputed onto his people that we stand before a holy God justified. So everything that the Bible does is point us to, in this narrative, in this unfolding redemptive story, it points us to healing spiritually dead souls made alive through the sinless Savior. And this man did not just receive this healing and go about his day. He knew where it came from. And it says by faith in his name. This man had faith. He trusted in the power. And not just the power, but the deity, point number two, of Jesus. Because we can look at powerful things, and that's the thing with these healings, is we are drawn to the power of what's going on before our very eyes while missing, close but no cigar, because we miss the deity of Jesus. We talked a few weeks ago about how um, a gospel presentation without the resurrection is missing the gospel altogether. That if we just talk about Jesus dying and being put in the grave, then we're missing the mark. That Jesus didn't just die. All of us will die. Our bodies will, will wither away. But Jesus was raised from the dead. Death could not hold him. It had no grip on him and no power over him. And we cannot deny the deity this is what separates us from some cults. It also separates us from um, some other churches, uh, so-called churches um, in and around our area. You have to be so careful because to deny this truth, to say that Jesus was 100% man and that was it, and all he did was lay down his life, he did some good things, had some good teachings, that is to miss the gospel. Jesus was 100% man. Jesus was also 100% God. And if anybody ever doubts the deity of Christ, take them to Acts 3, verse 14. But you denied the Holy One. Remember, they, they wanted the murderer turned over. When, when they were ready to give Jesus back, no, we, we cannot do this. They demanded, after denying the Holy and Righteous One, asked for and demanded a murderer to be granted to them. And verse 15, and you killed 
What church? The author of life. Not some man, it says the author of life. I have a little bit of credit, a little bit, in the creation of our daughters, right? That we get a small part in, in um, being fruitful and multiplying and raising up children and teaching them about the Lord, but God, Jesus, is the author of all life, both physical and spiritual. That this man's healing was through the power of Jesus, through faith in his name. And most importantly, this man's dead soul made alive through the power of Jesus. Because Jesus is indeed God, called the author of life. How can we get around that? How can we get around the fact that Jesus is God in the flesh? We talk about in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? We see all of these passages, but you look at this, and he's pinning the death of Jesus on them. The blood is on your hands, Peter says. Jesus' death is on your hands. Hebrews 1, verse 3. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature. And He upholds the universe by the word of His power. After making purifications for sin, sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. This teaches us who this Jesus, God-man is. 100% man, but 100% God. And to deny that truth will leave us standing before Jesus at the end with him saying, depart from me, I never knew you. Consider the audience. These were God's people. Old Testament, we read about God's chosen people, the, the Jews, right? The Israelites. These were God's people. God had a plan for it. He continually used prophets to, to draw them back to himself while pointing them to the one who was to come. The scripture talks, uh, that we're reading talks about Jesus being a servant. It goes back to Old Testament prophecy that talked about Jesus being a servant, that he was going to come and he was going to be the one that laid his life down. And these people, as Scripture prophesied, denied Jesus, and crucified Him. But Peter knows that they need the Gospel. So he's starting here with the deity. You did these things. You denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked for a murderer. And you killed the author of life. Whom? And wasn't over. The story wasn't over. You didn't just kill Him. Whom God raised from the dead and to this we are witnesses. And he goes back to the power. In his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong. Whom you see and know, and the faith that is through Jesus has given this man perfect health. And then he, he, Peter here takes it from the deity of Christ to the purpose of Christ. Point number three. That there's a, a purpose for what Jesus is doing in his redemptive plan and redeeming his people. And the purpose, too, has to do with their murdering of Jesus. He says, after all these things, that you denied the Holy and Righteous One 
You asked for a murderer in his place. You killed the author of life. God raised him from the dead. This man is healed by faith in Jesus' name. And verse 17, And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your rulers. Why? Because Old Testament scriptures prophesied. Because God had a plan that Jesus was going to be the lamb in the place of his people. And there was nothing that was going to stop that plan of Jesus dying in the place of his people. And that's great news for us because nothing was stopping the plan of us being justified by the blood of Jesus through faith alone. But look at what he says. He, he shows them. He says, there's a veil there. He's, he's, he's pointing to the veil. And, and now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance. That there was this veil that blinded them. The lights were dimmed. He says, as did your rulers. But he doesn't leave it there. But what God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. So that was the plan, guys. He's telling them that was the plan. But, verse 19, repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. The good news is that they were going to be forgiven for this action if they repented and believed in Jesus. They were not left spotless, blameless, without turning to Jesus the Messiah. But he says, I know you acted in ignorance. I play this scenario out in my head. If I get pulled over for speeding, I can be like, oh, I didn't see the sign, right? Like, oh, I didn't know it dropped down to 35. I was going 55. I didn't see that, that drop down. And every time in my head, I still end up getting arrested. Because I know that if you tell a police officer that you didn't see the sign drop down, you're actually further incriminating yourself because what you're saying is you weren't paying attention to the road, right? You weren't paying attention to the laws that are written and there in place. And there are instances where it's not properly marked and they know that, but it doesn't work. Ignorance does not give us a reason to, to just disobey or do whatever. Romans even talks about that. That's why we go and we share the gospel because it says that creation points to the creator, therefore all are without excuse. Peter says just because it was prophesied that, that Jesus would be denied, that he would suffer, does not give you a reason to just deny him. He says repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Moses said, the Lord God will raise for you, raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him and whatever he tells you. And it shall be that every soul that does not Listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaimed these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God, having raised up his servants, sent him to you first. To bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. Church, the scriptures is clear to the Jew first and then the Gentile. They were seeing the gospel spreading to the nations. Back to uh, when we see they start prophesying in tongues and everybody heard in their native language. 
Pastor Simon hit a little bit on how that was like a reverse of the Tower of Babel, where the gospel is being clearly perceived by the nations that they're being unified by the gospel message. And they're seeing this play out. And Peter is being the one used to point God's people back to himself, but saying, Times of ignorance are done. You must repent. So that times of refreshing may come. What we know and, and we continue to see to this day, to this very week, the turmoil that the, the land and the people of the land continue to go through. We even go back to 70 AD where they were wiped out. The people of Jerusalem. Jerusalem was just taken down. And God continually pointed them to this gospel message. And you look at this promise. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, and your offspring shall, uh, offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Blessed by Jesus. The gospel message of Jesus. And then that we, the church, by Jesus pouring his spirit out to us, what they're witnessing, that we would go and we would be a, a light displaying his power. God displaying his power through his people so that he would ultimately receive the glory. That's why Peter points them away from himself. It's not us. The, pow the power and the piety is not of us. It is the power of God. By Jesus, God incarnate. And for the purpose of blessing the earth through our Lord. I want to wrap up here. Galatians 3, 10-14. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all the things written in the book of the law and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law. For the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through Faith. So this blessing that Peter's pointing them to, talking about um, Abraham's seed, blessing all of the families of the earth, came to the Gentiles because of Jesus and his purpose to redeem his people, Jew and Gentile alike, but through faith alone and Christ alone and nothing else. And that's good news. I don't know everybody's Ancestry.com. I don't know where we come from this morning, but that is great news, especially if you're not an ethnic Jew. That's bad news if you're counting on your ethnic Jewish ancestry to help you out because nothing is going to help us. Nothing's going to help our kids other than them having a personal relationship with Jesus. But if we deny these things, the power of the gospel, the deity of our Lord, then we're missing the purpose. And we're going to miss eternity in heaven praising our Creator. These are the things we not only need to hear this morning, maybe for, for us who are believers to hear it and be like, that's what we need to tell. Or maybe 
you're here today and you've never professed faith in Christ, you have not made him Lord over your life, you've not surrendered to him, repenting and believing in the gospel, well, today's the day. Repent, turn back, because there's coming a day of refreshment for his people when all things are restored. But when all things are restored, it is too late for you who do not know him. So let me, let me encourage you, as Peter does. He's pointing to the gospel. Jesus is God. Jesus died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. He was raised from the dead so that whoever confesses with their mouth and believes in their heart, you would not be put to shame. You would not be separated for eternity. That's great news. And it's a joy to get to share that. But do not leave here without grasping that. If you do not know him, and if you do know him, that's the message to carry forth. There is power in the name of Jesus because he is our God and he has a purpose and a plan for us, his people. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word. Thank you so much for our church family that we could gather together around it. I pray that as we leave here today that we would not just be convicted of, of, of ways, especially in my own life, where the message has been reliant on my own power, which isn't there. God, I pray that we would rest in your power. We would rest in the name of Jesus, we would rest in your saving, redeeming work while being faithful and obedient to going and being the ambassadors you've saved us to be. Going and telling people about this good news. That dead, wretched souls are refreshed through this good news. Saved, made alive. I pray that we would be encouraged by that, knowing that we were not worthy, we are not worthy. And pointing people to that hope that is only found in you. That we get to partake in this good news. Receiving it and delivering this message. Lord, I pray that, that we would go out and we would do this together. God, I pray that, that we would be encouraged by one another. That we would encourage one another to good works. That we would encourage one another in times of, of trials and, and even errors. God, when we go out and we fall flat on our face. Your power is the only power, only thing that we can rest in and rely on in that moment and in all of our life. So show us that. Humble us this morning. But Lord, I pray that you would light a fire in our heart, especially as, as times seem to get crazier and more divided. They, we've been in the last days forever. <laughs> Years. Thousands. It just seems so crazy. But until you return... We have a mission. Lead us in it, guiding us as the light of hope, the hope of our salvation. Father, we love you and we praise you and give you all the glory this morning and forevermore. It's in Jesus' name we pray.